welcome to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. We will explore God's Word to learn how we can live by God's grace and for His glory. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Here's your host, Noah Hooper. When I say the word wisdom, what do you think of? Perhaps you imagine old men running their fingers through their beard, pondering the mysteries of life. Maybe you think about philosophers like Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates. No doubt, if you're a Bible student, Proverbs and King Solomon come to your mind, and you may hear me mention the word and think, I'm not interested in wisdom. But wisdom, that is biblical wisdom, is absolutely vital to every believer's life. We're studying studying through this most practical book of James. Last week, we saw how God commands us to rejoice when life stinks. And this week, we see the formula for biblical wisdom. Now, you may think, I'd like to be wise, but isn't that for the older people? Isn't that for just the gristled saint who has seen and done many things for God and is certainly for them? But James 1 verses 5 through 8 teaches us that wisdom is for every believer. That you and I both, all of us, whether young or old, no matter what condition you are in, James wanted these believers to know, and God's Word wants us to know today, that we can be truly wise. And how? You ready for this? We simply need to ask God for it in faith. Biblical wisdom has one source, your heavenly Father, and He wants to give it to His children. So let's read the text for today's episode. James 1 verses 5 through 8 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God freely gives wisdom to those who ask in faith. But before we look at that, we must define what wisdom is. What is biblical wisdom? I think we may understand wisdom best by distinguishing it from simply knowledge. In knowledge, a person may understand the factual truths and historical events. It centers around simply understanding. You know that those in Christ are to share the gospel, love their neighbor, and glorify their God, but you may not apply those truths to your life. Wisdom, then, is distinct from knowledge in that it takes understanding and applies it to life. Consider this practical example as an illustration of the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Suppose you played a round of golf with Tiger Woods, whether you have golfed before or not. You may stand on the first tee of a par five and know what you're supposed to do. You know you need to hit it in the green short grass in the fairway. Then you need to get it on the green where you can putt, and you need to do it in as few of shots as possible. But you may not know how to do it. You may have the understanding of what needs to happen, but unlike Tiger Woods, who knows what to do and how to do it to get that golf ball in the hole in as few of shots as possible, you may not have the wisdom to do it. 
This is likewise true in the Christian life. It is the focus of James. This is true of the whole book, not just in James 1, verses 5 through 8. He was concerned with these believers having the wisdom to do what they knew needed to be done. He didn't want them to have the simple mental assent of knowing that they ought to love their neighbor or knowing that they ought not to be prejudiced or knowing that they ought to control their tongue. He wanted them to have the wisdom to know how to live for the glory of God, not just knowing what to do, but having the wisdom to know how to do it. I like what John Phillips said about James and wisdom. He said, with James, wisdom has to do with applying the circumstances of life to Christian living, end quote. So if that is the case, that if wisdom is about applying the circumstances of life to Christian living, then we need wisdom if we are Christians. We don't need wisdom just simply to know stuff, but we need wisdom so that we might glorify God, so that we might be able to handle different situations of our life. We need this wisdom. We need it. And that's why James says, if any of you lack wisdom, he presents it with an offer. He says, do you lack wisdom? And the answer is yes. Every single one of us, we lack wisdom. We need wisdom. He says, do you lack it? Well, what we lack, God freely gives. That is what James deals with in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. He wants us to see God as the lavish giver of wisdom to those who ask in faith. Do you need to know how to live the Christian life? Do you need to know how to control your tongue, lay aside partiality, and resist the devil? Here's the answer. Turn to God in faith as the wisdom giver. You'll notice something important in this. James doesn't prove God as the source of wisdom. It is simply assumed. That is why he said in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He says, do you lack it? Well, here is the source. It is God. He doesn't try to prove that God is the source of wisdom. He simply declares God is the source of wisdom. We are entreated to ask God for wisdom because he is the ultimate and true source of wisdom. Romans 16, 27 declares that he is God only wise. Later on, both in 1 Timothy 1, 17 and Jude 1, 25, it describes him as the only wise God. Isaiah 40, verses 13 through 14 provide these probing questions declaring just how wise he is. It said, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord? Or who hath been his, who being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? And the answer is simple. No one has. No one can offer wisdom to God, because he possesses all wisdom. No one has ever taught God anything, because God is the sole possessor of all wisdom. He is the fount from which all true wisdom flows. And if he gives wisdom, and James 1.17 proclaims that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him, then we can understand that every stream of wisdom flows from the fountainhead of God. You may grow in wisdom through teachers, books, and schools, but those are merely avenues that all go back to God. In other words, 
God has cornered the market on wisdom. More accurately, he is wisdom. And as God is the fountainhead of wisdom, he never runs dry. He possesses infinite, abundant wisdom because there are no bounds to who he is. That is why James implores us to ask God for wisdom. He says, do you lack wisdom? Then let him ask of God. We understand that we need wisdom and God is the source of wisdom. But this text wants to know that God freely gives wisdom to us. The rest of verse 5 reveals God's disposition towards us in asking for wisdom. We notice his abundance in it and his attitudes and his attitude in it. It says he gives to all men liberally. He is the source of wisdom and he doesn't shut the floodgates. Instead, God is like a river constantly pouring out wisdom. He is like a dam that is ready to burst with wisdom. He gives it liberally. This reminds us that God is not reluctant in giving wisdom. You don't have to twist his arm. You don't have to force him. Instead, you just need to ask and he freely gives it. Isn't that remarkable? He is presented here as the one who desires to give wisdom. He gives it liberally, abundantly. He is willing to give wisdom, and he doesn't rebuke us for needing wisdom. Notice his attitude. It says, and he upbraideth not. James said, he upbraideth not. That means he doesn't rebuke us for asking for wisdom. He doesn't look at us with disdain for asking for wisdom. He doesn't reproach or rebuke those who ask for wisdom. Instead, he delights in giving wisdom to those who ask. When we ask for it, God doesn't look at us with shock and amazement thinking, wow, I can't believe they don't know how to do this. God knows that we don't have wisdom. Therefore, when we, when we recognize that we don't have wisdom and turn to him in faith, he is pleased to give it to us. When we ask for wisdom, it is a declaration that we recognize our lack and see God's sufficiency. God is not a grumpy father who disdains his children for lacking wisdom. He is a loving father who sees his child's need for wisdom and freely gives it. He knows that we need wisdom and he willingly and abundantly gives it to those who ask for it. So let's summarize this first part by asking a question. How do you get the wisdom you need? By asking for it, because God freely gives it. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. That is the formula for wisdom. Do you need it? Well, ask God for it, and God gives it abundantly and with an attitude of grace and mercy towards us. And it shall be given to him. He said, you ask for it. You're going to get it. This is a prayer request that God will not refuse to answer, but we must ask in faith. The narrative of this passage shifts with the insertion of a single conjunction, but. James revealed the lavish nature of God in giving wisdom to those who ask, but there is a requirement placed upon our asking. The section doesn't just end with verse 5 saying that God freely and abundantly gives wisdom. God does have one requirement. He has one disclaimer 
and that is faith. In verse 6, it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you will receive wisdom from God, you must ask in faith without wavering. This is a call to ask in faith without doubting. Now, this is ground-shaking truth if we take it only on the surface level. Because verse 7 tells us that the one who wavers or doubts will not receive anything from the Lord. Now, does this mean that if we ever have moments where we begin to doubt and question that God will cut off the supply of wisdom? Now, we must study further before we answer that question. Because James reveals that this isn't merely a person who doubts from time to time. This is a double-minded man. The person who comes to God wavering doesn't seek God for wisdom with his whole heart. But before telling us about the double-minded man, James offered an illustration to describe the character of the person who doubts. He says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now we can see this image. Imagine a night on the lake where you see the waters going back and forth, back and forth, being moved about by every little gust of wind. That is what James says about the person who wavers. He is unstable. This is how the person who comes to God asking for wisdom while wavering is. They don't just hesitate, doubt, or hold back when it comes to wisdom. This is indicative of their life as a whole. They are constantly moved about by everything. Then James takes the knife of warning and plunges it even deeper. When he says that this man won't just not receive wisdom, he won't receive anything from the Lord. He says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. This is important. He says, if the person comes doubting and wavering, he is being moved about constantly. He will receive nothing. From God. This is solemn. This is serious. And though wisdom is the specific thrust of this passage, verse 7 describes an even more comprehensive truth about God's giving. James declares that this kind of person who is doubting and being tossed about as a lake will not receive anything of God. This is a big deal. So we must return to the necessary question from verse 6. Does this mean that if a person has doubts that you are this person? thus keeping us from receiving wisdom and anything from God? Verse 8 provides the answer. It says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It must be pointed out that James isn't merely talking about a believer who doubts, though we ought not to doubt, but a person that is double-minded, which means to be two-souled or divided. The double-minded man sets his attention on everything while never setting it on anything. Therefore, as this verse tells us, he's unstable in all his ways. He is a man being moved about all the time. R. Ken Hughes proved helpful on this point, saying, In mentioning the double-minded man, James is not referring to one who is wrestling with doubt, but one who has two minds. He looks to God. He says he has no need. We must ask wholeheartedly for the wisdom we need. The person who doesn't receive wisdom from God though he abundantly and freely offers it, is the double-minded person. It is the person that doesn't turn to God as the source of wisdom, but as a source of wisdom. You and I must see that this double-minded man, he's not united. He doesn't have a singular devotion. The point of the double-minded man is this. 
It is a reminder that if we desire wisdom, we must turn to God and God alone with full assurance and confidence that he is alone the source of wisdom. He's not the magic genie you rub the lamp for when all other sources run out. No, you must turn to him and no one else. He requires singular devotion or asking for anything. No divided allegiance. You must not be here, there, and everywhere. You must simply turn to God alone. This is the truth about the person who will not receive wisdom, but it is oppositely true for the person who is singular, devoted to God and asking for wisdom in faith. Do you lack wisdom? There is one source of all wisdom, and he freely gives it. He doesn't hold back. He breaks the dam and floods our lives with wisdom so that you and I may know how to live for his glory and honor. But there is a requirement. You must ask in faith, which means that you must come to him as the only source of wisdom, not divided, not with a false allegiance, but to him and him alone. Friend, your father longs to give you wisdom, but he will not give it if you don't ask for it. And if you ask for it, you must ask for it in faith. This is so beautifully simple. Wisdom belongs to God alone. You need it. And he freely gives it to his children who ask. All we need to do is come to him alone as the source of wisdom. So let us ask in faith. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. So I hope you will join me next week on the next edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.